Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. Agnes Fisher and Erica Roberts joined BBH USA just about a year ago as the agency was undergoing change in the region. Then CEO Amani Duncan had left and the agency brought together its New York and LA offices in a major reorg. One year later, Fisher and Roberts have refocused the team on the work. The agency, which works with clients including Smuckers, Heineken, and Samsung, is rebalancing the split between project and AOR work and looking for partnerships that allow it to build enduring brand ideas. It's familiar territory for Roberts, who is credited with rebuilding many brands under the JM Smucker Company portfolio. In this episode, Fisher and Roberts talk about BBH's journey in the past year, including how the agency is embracing generative AI and attracting more black sheep to its flock. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, Editor-in-Chief of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Agnes, Erica, how are you guys doing today? Hi, we're good. How are you? Very good. Excited to be here. Yeah, doing well. So this is actually the first time we're all chatting, which is exciting. Um, So tell me a little bit about, I know both of you joined BBH just about a year ago. Erica, I think it's been exactly one year Today, at least since the article came out about you joining BBH. Oh um, wow, it has been exactly. Well, I'm happy to spend my anniversary with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Agnes, It's also it's been almost a year. So talk about what the past year has been like for both of you and what you really came on and, and set out to do. Because I know BBH, there had been a, a reorg, there had been some executive changes. Talk about like, how you came in and then where you're at now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, First of all, happy one year anniversary, Erica. I hope that that is noted in our all agency presentation today. We celebrate people's anniversaries every week and that is a big one. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess we're both about a year in and we have been really busy. Um, I think our focus has really been around what is the future of BBH? This year is our 25th anniversary here in the U.S. We celebrate our 25th anniversary this fall. And it is such an amazing heritage brand, and it's such a privilege to be here. And while we want to celebrate the past, the focus and the hard work has really been about what's the future of BBH and how do we define the future of BBH It's no secret that there have been org changes and leadership changes, but I think we are at such an interesting and optimal time to all be here um, because we are all here for the same thing. Um, BBH is really poised to do great things. And I think, you know, as it relates to Erica and I, you know, we're we were finishing each other's sentences probably a week into this gig. Um, We joke that we share a brain. Um, But we are really, truly here to define the next 25 years and laying down the building blocks for that. Yeah. So tell me what that looks like. Like as you try to kind of redefine, what are you building towards? Uh, Well, we are building towards I think it's no secret that, you know, in the last few years in particular, BBH has been very much about project work and, you know, really ambitious, but project-based work that has been um, very much about activation. And what we're really looking towards is 
how do we get this place back to a place where we're working with iconic brands for brand defining work? Um, so some of the fundamentals are just around how do we better balance our project work with longer term, deeper relationships with, with clients where we can really think about the future of a client's brand and not just the right here, right now, what can we do to make a splash? I think BBH USA probably for the past five years has done an incredible job of, of you know, earning headlines with great, really culturally relevant work. Um, but it has been quicker hits. And I think if you look at the at what's built BBH, um, you know, over the past 40 years and what's made it such a story brand itself is these big, meaty, enduring, iconic brand platforms. And that's really what we're trying to get back to. Of course, listen, everybody loves a headline. Um, everybody wants to wants to chase a big splash, um, you know, and we're no different in that regard. But I think this is about a balance now. And right now, Agnes and I are very aligned on making sure that the the balance of work coming out of BBH is weighted on the side of these big, enduring brand platforms. It's the work I love to do. It's the work, you know, that like that, you know, my career has been built on and even looking at, you know, the Smuckers work that we've done and sort of revitalizing a lot of those incredible heritage brands. So, you know, it's it's what we're hoping to do for, you know, even the brands that like we've recently won, like a Duracell, right? Like that's right in our wheelhouse. It's mm -hmm. like a big iconic brand that's facing some serious business headwinds that true breakthrough marketing can put back on the map. Yeah, I think you're known for doing that, right? Turning around these heritage brands and what sort of as the creative leader are you doing to kind of orient the department towards that kind of work? So first and foremost, um, at I think it was Agnes's second or third week, we did this big all agency and it was really a level set um, about bringing the agency sort of back to black and, you know, really doubling down on the sort of foundational aspects of what makes BBH BBH. And again, part of that is in earnest, getting back to sort of real consumer focused strategy, um, you know, doubling down on things like data and making you know, the, the strategic rigor, you know, what BBH is known for, using that as our springboard creatively and really focusing on the type of work that doesn't just borrow from culture, but actually makes culture. And I think as I look at the work that we've been doing, whether it's for Folgers, um, which has, you know, reunited, not reunited, introduced Trombone Shorty and Joan Jett, and then the two of them are like discussing touring together. There's talks now coming out of our Meow Mix work that NSYNC is getting back together, you know, and all of a sudden where Choosy Moms were choosing Jif and they stopped choosing Jif because they were choosing alternative nut butters. Well, now, you know, it was featured in, I think, five episodes of the last season of Stranger Things. And that was not a product placement. That was truly organic. So just like being able to now spot our brands and culture playing such a meaningful role, that's the kind of work and that's the North Star that I've given to the, um, to the department and yeah. to the agency as a whole. Yeah. And I think just to add to that, you know, one of the, the simple ways that I kind of thought about what, what is the vision here in terms of what kind of work do we want to be doing? I think, you know, the press and the industry accolades are always great. Of course we need those. Um, 
But I think that our opportunity lies in what do real people who are actually the audiences of these brands that we work for think and has the work touched them and influenced them? Is my mom going to call me and say, hey, I saw that work you did. You know, are my friends who are not in advertising going to be talking about the work? Um, I think, you know, we spend a lot of time on the industry or we have spent a lot of time on the industry and where we want to be focused is on real people. How are we reaching them? Yeah, for sure. One of the things, so it's obviously like part of the focus is reviving this longstanding relationships, brand Mm -hmm. building ideas. Another part of it is sort of like your approach to managing the business, right? So talk about how, you know, you mentioned moving away from project work recently when you came into the role of president, Agnes, BBH didn't replace the CEO role, right? So talk about how closely are you working with the teams in London um, where I know BBH has a super strong heritage and then how does having like the reorg, which, which brought together the New York and LA offices, how is all of this enabling the shift that we're talking about? Yeah, I think it was really about right-sizing the business and right-sizing the talent to service the business. And I want to stress that it's not that we are not doing projects. I want to stress that it's a balance of projects and AORs. And that's not just a business Mm. decision. That is also a decision about the creative output that we want to yield. Because I think clients and agencies do a real disservice when the engagements are short sprints. We don't get to think deeply about the brands. We don't get to think about taking the brands into the future. And so I think really fostering relationships and trying to build relationships that get us further upstream with clients and further into the future with clients is is where we're focused. And that has been a real kind of level set that we've been doing with the account team and everybody about how to approach um, the work, how to approach the business. Mm -hmm. I just want to give a little shout out to Agnes too, because one of the adages that like an original sort of BBH saying is all roads lead to the work. And when, when Agnes came on, you know, she made it very clear that every decision we make has to go through that lens is this going to get or get us to better work? Is this going to get us closer to sort of this incredible breakthrough creative that BBH is known for? And I mean, it, it really has been the simplest filter for us in terms of, you know, do we want to keep Slack as a, mm-hmm. as a form of communication with the in, within the agency? Do we want to pitch this piece of business? Will it lead to better work? Will it lead to better work? So I think keeping it so simple and single-minded has been really helpful, particularly, you know, as we grow together as a leadership team, as we come together, as we sort of lay down this this new roadmap for the agency, it's helped them as well, right? We everyone's clear on what's important and and mm-hmm. they know exactly how we're going to approach, you know, whatever question is is lobbed at us. Yeah, for sure. I mean it is the product, right? So you mentioned Duracell. Um, talk about your new business approach and and how you're sort of like what sort of clients you're looking to work with. Do you find that like now that you have the New York and L.A. teams together, are you in different kinds of pitches? 
um, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I have to mention that we've got a new rock star CMO who is really helping us redefine our our brand, our new business approach, our new business processes. But I think at a high level to answer that question is um, really about recognizing BBH's unique position in the marketplace and that, you know, what we have always been about and what we continue to be about is exactly what Erica said. It's all about the creative work. And, you know, what I, one of the things that I was really pleasantly surprised by is how much everyone loves to be here and how deep the creative bench is here. I mean, I have, I've worked at all kinds of agencies. I was at Droga for several years. Anomaly before that, I have seen creative departments, and this is a deep bench of truly talented people. So the one aspect of it is obviously that fiercely creative um, spirit, which is what took me down the rabbit hole of talking about the creative department. But the other aspect is 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 the the publicist relationship. And so we are in this unique position where we've got this creative spirit, ambition, and independence, but it's underpinned by a larger offering that we can tap into as needed. And I think that is where clients have been lacking a bit. Um, and it is unique to us because there is a total respect for what BBH brings to the table and what BBH brings to the group in terms of that sort of creative first mindset. Mm. And in terms of like brands that we would love to go after, I think it's maybe less about a particular category and more about a shared mindset that we're looking for in our clients, right? This ambition to do the kind of work that they believe, you know, is, you know, breakthrough culturally, but also the value of breakthrough work to move their business. So, um, that shared ambition is really what sort of, you know, whether it's batteries or pizza or travel, whatever it is, right? We're looking for partners who want to do the kind of work because they believe it will change the trajectory of their business. Yeah. And I think to add to what Erica was saying before, new business is is no different than any other decision that we make in terms of the question around Will this lead to the kind of creative work that BBH wants to be known for? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like talk a little bit about the um, how you work with BBH in London, because obviously that's like an iconic agency in that market uh, was started there. Um, are you reporting into the teams at L- in London and how much or like as you sort of have your own leadership team here, how much are you establishing mm-hmm. yourself as BBH USA? Yeah. Versus sort of like operating with the London team. Yeah. I mean, so, so I would say that we are, you know, it's, it's less of like a a formalized reporting structure, although like, you know, I'm very close with Alex Greaves. He is incredible. He's a mentor. Um, You know, he's just a brilliant creative mind. And so I feel really lucky to, to, you know, have him to bounce thoughts off, um, whether it's regarding, you know, BBH in general, you know, things that he's done that's worked in London that I could apply here. Um, But in general, we, we operate pretty autonomously. Um, We, we do pitches together sometimes, which are super fun. We just, we just came out of one. And so, you know, we, we're constantly sort of um, defining and redefining sort of the relationship in terms of, you know, what's right for a certain project, but it's always nice to have, um, 
have London, have Singapore, and know that we all have shared values and we all have the same mm-hmm. exact values because we were all born from you know the same spirit animal, the black sheep. Um, and so it's it's great. We we have a lot of touch bases. We connect often and share out work with one another and talk about different opportunities around the globe. So it is. There's a lot of connection points, but we all sort of um, function pretty yeah. independently. Um, in terms of responsibility to sort of grow our own, our own offices. Okay. You mentioned the black sheep. It's a good, it's a really good like branding element, I think for talent as well. Right. Like come be part of the flock, all (laughs) of that. Talk about like your approach to talent, especially in a time of, of change. How are you attracting and retaining talent? And what is your, like everyone's talking about office versus working from home. Talk about how you're, looking at that leading into the rest of the year? So our hiring philosophy, which I laughed at when I first joined, I have to admit, uh, (laughs) is because I'm like, really? Um, Is, uh, you know, we are uh, good and nice. Good and nice is our hiring philosophy. And I was like, really? It's very British. It's so (laughs) British. Um, I have to tell you, after a year... It is very obvious when somebody is not good and it is very obvious when somebody is not nice and they stand out like a sore thumb here. And it is, you know, it's painfully simple, but almost like all yeah. those lead to the work. Yeah. It is just, again, it's these sort of these, these crystal clear swim lanes. And if you don't swim within them, you really are, don't fit in here. Um, there's very, very, very little ego. Yes. We have incredibly talented people, but the, the spirit of collaboration runs deep. Um, so good and nice first and foremost. Um, I also think that that is responsible for our higher retention rate. Like it's a really nice place to be. And it also like, it also answers why RTO has not been a huge struggle for us. Like yeah. people like to be here. It's a nice place to be. Like we operate very horizontally within the creative department. Like whether you're an ECD or you're a junior writer, you know, we have, um, uh, we had like a, a printer room that was like kind of archaic that we gutted and we turned into what was called the shed. And now it's turned into the she shed, but it's, you know, and you'll see like 10 creatives just sitting in there, like powering around, like, you know, different ideas and jumping from one assignment to another, but it is the, the spirit of this place, you know, in the black sheep spirit in terms of doing things differently. I think it, you see it across every, every, way that we work right like it's very different the way we come and approach our ideas in terms of the level of collaboration versus um i think a lot of places operate on just like sheer competition and of course there's an element of that it's it's pretty integral to the creative process but i would say that it's you know if you're here and if you talk to anybody here it really is it is about collaboration so you know, it's nice. We've got, we've got really talented people who genuinely want to work together and see the value of being, being here and, you know, being, being in the weeds together. And the one thing that I would add to that, that was also just such a nice, pleasant um, thing to witness when I first arrived is the pride that people have in being here and how much they identify as black sheep, whether you've been here for less than a year or, up to 10 years, there is 
this true pride and being called a black sheep and being part of the flock of black sheep here at BBH. For sure. Well, you guys are a strong, you know, female executive team. It's not always common at agencies, especially both a president and a CCO. So talk about like, how does that shape your approach? Do you think that helps foster collaboration and talk about how that might uh, impact the way you run the agency? I don't know how much it we sort of thoughtfully think about the fact that we're two female leaders. We just happen to be two female mm-hmm. leaders and um, and there are more leaders joining us that will be announced who are also females. And we didn't set out to create an all-female executive leadership team. It just happened. Um, I, you know, I don't want to make this male versus female, but I would say that we are highly transparent. Um, we are really honest. Um, and I think we are also very open doors. Come in and see us. If there are any issues, any concerns, we tackle things head on. Um, you know, we don't kick the can down the road. Um, and we, we want to solve problems. And both Erica and I roll up our sleeves and we get into the work. None of us are above any meeting with any client or with any team member. I meet as often with Erica as I do with, um, you know, account directors. And, um, and, and so I think that's our style, whether that's because we're a female leadership team or not. I don't know, but that's just the way that Erica and I happen to work together. Awesome. Obviously, we're, we're heading into the fourth quarter. Um, I've been hearing from a lot of creative leaders that they're they're bracing for a decline in spend from from clients, you know, not as much consumer demand for holiday shopping. Are you hearing that? Are you preparing for that in Q4 or are you looking? Do you think it's going to be strong? We have never been busier. Um, I mean, every single client that we handle just about has a very strong holiday push. And so we we have not felt that. And that may just be because of the kinds of clients that we have. Um, But we are not currently feeling that. Um, We definitely are very much in... um, in the chaos in a good way of getting ready to launch a ton of work um, in Q4 and during the holiday season. Well, that's good. Anything we should be particularly looking out for, Erica? Yeah, I mean, I would say Q4 and Q1. Um, we have a big push. We have a big push on Heineken. There's going to be Duracell work coming out. There's going to be um, Samsung. new Samsung work coming out. Uh, we've got a ton of Smuckers, new Smuckers work um, gearing up. I'm not sure if that will hit in Q1. Um, it may be early Q2, but um, there is a lot of stuff uh, in the hopper right now. Awesome. So are you guys doing anything for Super Bowl? We may be. Okay. Maybe. It's, and, I, and, and, and that's just because I don't want to jinx ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those conversations are, I'm sure, picking up now. I'm sure you've worked on Super Bowl campaigns in the past, Erica. Talk yes. about how is that different for you as a creative than just, you know, another really big creative campaign you might be working on? Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously the eyeballs um, are <laughs> daunting in and of themselves, but it really is like creating like a whole ecosystem unto itself for this one period of time. And it's about so much more than just the spot. 
um, be it a 30 or a 60, or if you're lucky enough to, you know, have spots that, you know, are sort of interstitials throughout the whole, the whole game. But, um, it's really become about creating this full sort of holistic ecosystem of touch points and, and, you know, PR and media integration. Um, it's fun. I mean, I love that kind of work that like full, you know, where, and it's something like even on the Smuckers account, that's been, you know, so much fun. Um, or, you know, we did a spot also functionally functioning similarly for, for planet fitness, where it's like, you know, we have the PR team at the table with, with the creative teams, with media. And it's just sort of like heads together. You're in this war room for like, you know, three months leading into it. And I don't know. It's really fun. Like, I, I love that. It's, it's sort of like pitch mentality in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. You talk about like having all of these different disciplines at the table. I feel like so much of creative is about that now, like just being able to take an idea and push it across different channels. Talk about like at a, at an agency like BBH, which has been, you know, so it's focused mm-hmm. on the work has a legacy. Like what's it sort of been like to shift creatives into that mindset versus like, it's not necessarily all about the big hero spot. I know it's a creative question, but I don't think there is a shift in that. I feel like our creatives here have always thought of multi-channel. And I would say that actually a lot of our work um, from last year, very little of it was TV centric. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. Um, I also think like the more creative sit at a table with media and with PR, the more creative tools they have in their arsenal and the more levers they realize they have to pull. Mm -hmm. So I just think it, it, it gives even more sort of power to the creatives that they can be thinking in all of these different ways and, and knowing that they can sort of come at a problem through the door of media or through the lens of PR. Um, I don't know. It just sort of strengthens what we're able to deliver. Right. It eliminates those swim lanes that existed in the past. I mean, it's such a nightmare, right? Like lobbying an idea over the fence to a media agency and them just saying like, no, we don't have enough money. Like really sort of having a seat at the table and understanding what you're dealing with and the realities of what you're dealing with. It's like, you need to know the rules in order to bend them. Yeah, And that's what's so powerful about having everybody at the same table. How often is it like, Act, does it actually work out like that? Like, I know obviously every agency has that intention, but then there's also the fact that you are separate companies. So like, how difficult is it to actually get everyone at the table? We're very lucky in that. So, you know, Smuckers is a huge client for BBH, but it's also a power of one with publicists. So at the table are all, you know, are all publicist agencies. And so it really is a like a shared goal. And so there is no, you know, um, sort of land grabbing. Everybody's got a piece of the pie. Everybody wants to do the best work. Everybody benefits from the headline, from the lion, from seeing, you know, GIF in culture. So Mm -hmm. we're very lucky that we've got a couple of those where, it truly is like, you know, our, our creative leads pick up the phone and call their media counterpart and they're like, we got an idea. Yeah. You know, could this work? And, and so it's, it's been pretty amazing. And I think it's, it's part of what has unlocked all the success on Smuckers. 
um, being set up that way. And then, you know, we have traditional IATs too. And it's something that we really, again, bringing this sort of good and nice to an IAT type relationship, playing nice with people and, and, you know, making sure everybody understands that you're sort of in it to help bolster what they're, they are there to do as well. Um, has yielded great relationships. We're really proud of the work we've done on Heineken. Um, and that's been, you know, a, a really highly functioning IAT yeah. team that we've helped lead. So in, in the same, you know, that we're building on Duracell as well, we're super excited. So I think as long as everybody checks their ego at the door and you know that you're there to build your client's business, you can develop really strong work. Yeah. And frankly, it's what clients are demand, right? You know, there is no, there is no everyone goes away and does their own work and then comes back together and presents to the client anymore, whether that is a power of one, like a Smucker or Heineken, where it's a more traditional multi-agency IAT. The expectation and our goal is to bring integrated work to the clients as a team. Mm-hmm, for sure. Every creative agency I talk to, I ask about how they're adopting generative AI into their processes. Uh, or just about your philosophy about it in general. Like, how do you see it adapting or enhancing or impacting creatives and the way that they work going forward now that we have access to these tools? So I think that my favorite quote that I've read about AI, and and I believe it's so true, is, you know, AI is going to take away tasks, not jobs. And that really is how I've seen it coming to life in the agency. So, you know, like every other creative agency out there, you know, Midjourney is um, a very strong tool in our toolbox. Um, And, you know, presentations these days are quite remarkable um, and require very little imaginative thinking on clients' part because it's just like, look how beautiful this looks and this is exactly how it could could come to life. Um, So it's definitely... um, it's definitely been an accelerant for on on the art directions and you know on the art direction front, um, but for now, sort of we're we're definitely working, and this is part of the relationship even with like publicists, right? Like they're big AI offering, um, working together to you know see what that could look like and help bolster an agency like BBH specifically. Yeah, I would echo what Erica says in that for us, we're really seeing it as an amazing tool. Um, we, you know, it's it's incredible to see what kinds of presentations we can come back with now using this tool. I think long term, for me, the exciting part of AI actually is how much it has to push human talent and human creativity. Because at the end of the day, AI is a very sophisticated gathering of information that already exists that was created by human beings. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it will help and it will potentially help speed up the making of a deck, for example. But I think what it really presents is a challenge and and an opportunity for us to up-level, like, what is original human thought? And and how do we generate more of those using real humans, because at the end of the day, AI is going to be a helpful tool in putting these things together. Um, But for now, for the time being, it's not actually delivering original human thought. Yeah, for sure. How do you sort of think about it playing a role? I mean, beyond 
presentations and pitches. Like I, I just feel like I've been fascinated by all this work lately and out of the out of home space that uses sort of like CGI and AI to create out of home ads that don't actually exist that are just sort of like online stunts. I don't know. Do you see it opening up like new creative canvases um, to work with? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just thinking about like a, some of the project that we're working on right now to um, create an ex- consumer experience for one of the country's largest retailers. And, um, you know, it is, it's almost like in a lot of ways it's, it's, it's a tool, but it's also sort of like a new form of media in, in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting because, you know, we're kind of learning its potential and its capabilities as we're creating ideas. And so it's, um, it's an interesting experience. And I think it's not unlike what we're talking about before in terms of like these IATs or these one teams, like now we have like these specialists (laughs) coming in and working with our teams to kind of, you know, we'll come up with like a crazy harebrained idea. And they're like, wow, you know, AI could actually make this possible. So Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we have some interesting things in the works right now that leverage AI in a really unexpected way. And that's going to be, you know, that's going to be the the trick is like, you know, how are people really using it to unlock creative versus AI being the thing that is the creative. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Erica Agnes, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me today. Super interesting to catch up with you guys and all things BBH. Excited to see your work that comes out in Q4 and Q1. Us too. This was such a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time. It was great chatting with you. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening to Campaign Chemistry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and head to campaignlive.com for all the latest news on advertising and marketing.